Well, hello and welcome to the February 2021 CSF monthly podcast. This is a podcast that you very well know aims to keep you vigilant with the latest in the field in rheumatology. And it's, of course, always a joy to think rheumatology in these COVID uh, times. It's, it, it is such a challenging period for all of us, for us as, as physicians and health professionals, and of course, especially for our patients. So uh, I hope this podcast finds you well and healthy and indeed the same for all of your loved ones. Well, today I'm going to be reviewing two interesting papers from a record six published to the CSF library. And the first of which is a primary analysis from the Finch 1 trial uh, led by my dear friend Bernard Combe and his colleagues. And it examines filgotinib versus placebo or adalimumab. Uh, Finch 3 trial of filgotinib by René Vestolvins and colleagues was also covered in the CSF this month. And if you're interested in that, head across the website for more details. And the second paper I want to cover today comes from Lee Simon and colleagues who, uh, this is a paper that focuses on the JAK-STAT pathway and its involvement in pain and rheumatoid arthritis, a really, really interesting area, which I think is increasingly important as we start to dissect out inflammatory and pain pathways subserved by JAK interventions. Now, if you want to see detailed summary slides of the papers discussed today, please visit cytokinesignaling.com. Let's go to the first paper, which comes from Bernard Com and colleagues. It evaluated filgotinib versus placebo or adalimumab in people with rheumatoid arthritis and an inadequate response to methotrexate in a phase three randomized clinical trial. Now, this is part of the phase three Finch program. It was developed to look at filgotinib across uh, the, the range of RA treatment options. And this particular study, uh, Finch 3 examined patients with methotrexate naive RA. In Finch 2, well, the first paper by Bernard Kalm and colleagues evaluated filgotinib versus placebo or adalimumab in patients with rheumatoid arthritis and an inadequate response to methotrexate in a phase three randomized clinical trial. Now, the Finch Phase 3 program was developed to study uh, filgotinib across the range of RA states. Uh, Finch 3 examined filgotinib in people who were naive to methotrexate therapy. Finch 2 uh, uh, study filgotinib was shown to significantly improve efficacy versus placebo in biologic DMARD inadequate responders uh, with, with who had active rheumatoid arthritis. And this study, the Finch 1 study, evaluates the efficacy and safety of filgotinib as opposed to placebo or adalimumab therapy in people with active RA, regardless of ongoing methotrexate treatment. It's a double-blind, 52-week placebo and active controlled phase three trial. Uh, patients are randomized to filgotinib 200 or 100 milligrams respectively, adalimumab 40 milligrams or placebo. Now, the study included patients with active, moderate to severe rheumatoid arthritis defined as more than or equal to six swollen joints and more than equal to six tender joints. Primary efficacy endpoint was the ACR20 response at week 12, so fairly standard. And key secondary efficacy endpoints included change from baseline score at week 12 for HAC-DI, disability index, DAS28, CRP less than 2.6. And at week 24, for a whole variety of outcomes, including radiographic progression, SF36, um, PCS, facet score, superior and non-inferiority of filgotinib as opposed to adalimumab for a proportion of patients with DAS 28 CRP less than or equal to 3.2 and less than 2.6. A whole range of relatively standard outcome measures there. 
So what are the key results? Well, a total of 1,755 patients received study treatment. 87% completed the study visits through the 24-week placebo-controlled period. ACR, 20 responses at week 12 or greater in patients receiving fulgotinib as opposed to placebo. Um, if you look at the study, you also see improvements at week 12 uh, with filgotinib versus placebo treatment in secondary endpoints for HAC disability index and the proportion of patients achieving a DAS28 CRP less than 2.6. Radiographic progression of structural joint damage was reduced in both filgotinib dose arms as opposed to placebo at week 24. And forgotten of 200 milligrams was non-inferior to adalimumab at week 12, when DAS28 less than or equal to 3.2 was examined, whilst the 100 milligram dose did not achieve non-inferiority versus adalimumab for this measure. Now, in terms of safety evaluation, the instance of serious treatment emergent adverse events during the active control period through week 52 was similar among all the original active treatment arms and in patients who were re-randomized from placebo to filgotinib. And overall, the infectious and serious infectious treatment emergent events occurred frequently in patients receiving filgotinib or adalimumab as opposed to placebo uh, through week 24 at similar levels. What do we conclude? Well, methotrexate IR patients, active rheumatoid arthritis, it's a, it's a relatively conventional study group. Fogotinib and methotrexate reduced RA signs and symptoms, improved physical function and inhibited radiographic progression. At week 12, ACR20 responses and HACDI, DAS28, less than 2.6 improvements were greater in patients receiving fulgotinib versus placebo. And at week 24, radiographic progression of structural joint damage was reduced in both fulgotinib dose arms versus placebo. And the non-inferiority for 200 milligrams uh, fulgotinib with methotrexate, but not 100 milligrams fulgotinib with methotrexate as compared to the adalimumab methotrexate arm is probably expected and suggests that there is some dose dependent efficacy in the higher dose of fulgotinib. And overall, both doses of fulgotinib, however, show a favorable benefit to risk profile and were well tolerated. So uh, all else being equal, fulgotinib with background methotrexate would be considered a treatment option on the basis of this clinical trial. Now, the second paper I want to turn to comes from uh, Lee Simon and colleagues focused on the involvement of the JAK-STAT pathway in pain. As I, I mentioned in my preamble, pain is a, an important manifestation in people with rheumatoid arthritis. It has both inflammatory and non-inflammatory mechanisms driving uh, the impact. And of course, it substantially negatively impacts quality of life. And there are some data just the beginnings of the scintilla of an interesting story that the inhibitors of JAK1 and JAK2 and indeed PANJAK inhibitors may have a different effect on RA pain as opposed to um, purely anti-inflammatory effects. And that's consistent with the overarching involvement of the JAK-STAT pathway and a whole range of cytokine-mediated effector functions. So using a relevant literature, an overview of pain in RA and the underlying importance of cytokines regulated directly or indirectly by the JAK-STAT pathway and therapeutic targeting of the JAK-STAT pathway in RA are provided in this review article. Um, just pulling out some of the key facts that Lee and his colleagues tease out for us. Well, um, with other chronic diseases, pain is considered to be complex and multifactorial in people with rheumatoid arthritis. Uh, the literature search showed involvement of JAK-STAT pathways and, uh, in how cytokines mediate pain signaling 
and that this is uh, associated with cytokine receptor expression and sensory neurons and neighboring glial cells. Uh, it demonstrates regulation of cytokine receptor also uh, in, in pain promotion, for example, through the TNF receptor 1 glycoprotein and IL-1 receptor and neuronal cells. Activation of JAK-STAT signaling pathway can diminish or intensify pain depending on the intracellular mechanisms activated. So this is a complex system. It's not a binary A to B to C type of uh, phenomenon. So we should expect probably quite complex clinical results in our trials. And that, of course, is what we're seeing. Um, and I think it's probably fair to say that overall, the precise contribution of the JAK-STAT pathway to nociception is not fully understood. However, there are multiple cytokine receptors expressed in afferent nosis receptors. So IL-6 receptor, IL-1 receptor, IL-10 receptor, interferon gamma receptor, and cytokines acting through these receptors have certainly been implicated in pain modulation, both in animal models and increasingly in human studies. And for that reason, direct inhibition of JAK-STAT could mitigate the effects of multiple pro-nociceptive and indeed potentially anti-nociceptive cytokine pathways that signal through relevant JAK subunits. That degree of subunit specificity is again not yet clear. Um, also worth remembering that some of the IL, uh, some of the, the RA pain mediating cytokines, TNF, IL-1, don't signal through direct JAK-STAT dependency. So interactivity with other cytokine receptor pathways is also going to be important. And most cytokines associated with RA pathogenesis turn out to be either directly or immediately indirectly associated with JAK-STAT signaling in any case. So uh, what do we conclude at the moment? Well, pain. We already knew this, it's complex, involves multiple pathways, some of them inflammatory, some of them more nociceptive. Um, we know that nociceptive activation almost always promotes pain, even if there is a relative limitation of joint inflammation. So starting to tease these pathways apart is really important in thinking towards the future. And any approaches that can normalize the threshold for activation of nociceptive receptors and therefore diminish central transmission of pain has got to be something that would be advantageous. And potentially ter therapies that, that promote JAK inhibition would be uh, useful in this regard. More information needed. Um, well, as I said at the, the, at the top, there are three other papers have also been uploaded to the CSF website this month. There's an interesting paper from JSER. Patek uh, uh, and colleagues where they're going to assess how diminished cytokine-induced JAK-STAT signaling is associated with RA and disease activity. They report that there were consistent differences between RA patients and healthy controls in interferon alpha, IL-6, IL-10, and GMCSF uh, with IL-2-induced JAK-STAT signaling in multiple immune subsets. Interesting translational medicine. Uh, there's also a publication of the latest clinical trial data from the Upadacitinib Select Early Study with specific analysis in methotrexate-naive Japanese patients. And finally, a review of baricitinib and its inhibition of structural damage in people with rheumatoid arthritis. And if you want to look at these publications uploaded this month, uh, head over to cytokinesignaling.com. Well, look, as always, it's an absolute pleasure to have you with me. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I hope that you found it useful. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think by leaving a review. And I shall finish where I started, which is wishing you and your loved ones safe and healthy times as we traverse the, hopefully, the, the final moments of this pandemic and return to the really vital business of treating our patients with rheumatic diseases. Thanks ever so much. And we'll talk again soon.